morning, if you would, turn with me to 1 Peter, the first letter of Peter, and we're going to go to chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to start reading with verse 1 and move down to 12. Notice what St. Peter says here to us this morning. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it, stands in, for it stands in Scripture, quote, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, quote, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and, quote, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the Word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You so much for Your Word. We believe in Your Word. We know it to be alive because You are alive. You, Lord, can speak to our hearts today if we'll only listen. May we have ears to hear. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in a series called The Church Is. So when Pentecost came, two Sundays ago, the church is born. That was the beginning of the church. Jesus founded the church. The Spirit constitutes the church as a living Breathing body on Pentecost Day. The church is born. Now, last week we talked about the church is one. In other words, unity. There's unity in the faith. Unity in this family. 
There's one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one hope, one calling. Today we look at the church is holy. So we're looking at kind of the church is one, holy, Catholic, as we recited in the creed, apostolic church. It's the four marks of the church. We're going to go over all of them. Over the next two Sundays, we'll deal with the other two. Today we're talking about the church is holy. So when I say, hey, the church is holy, you're probably thinking, well, not my church. You don't know some of the people in my church. Or, you don't know me, Brother Marshall. That's the first initial thing we have. Is that, <laughs> yeah, the church may be holy off somewhere else, at some other building, or some other you know, uh, planet, but not, not here. Not the churches I've been to, not the ones I've visited, not the hypocrites I know, or maybe you're saying honestly to yourself, they don't know me yet. But you know what? The church is holy. The church, just as the church is one, and it's hard to see how the church is one and unified in all the diversity, just like the Holy Trinity, remember? But I'm proclaiming today, the Bible is saying, no, the church of God is holy. You say, well, how? I mean, really, are you sure about that? <laughs> well, it's what the Bible says right here in 1 Peter. It's also what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. When he's talking about wives and husbands, he turns right around and says, the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus died for the church to consecrate her, set her apart. She's not everybody's. She's His, in other words. Just like when you put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Um, He put a ring on it. The church is His. He died for the church. And it says in Ephesians 5 that He makes her holy and is going to present her holy and blameless at the end when the marriage is consummated. On the day of visitation, as Peter says here. On the last day. Judgment day. The Lord's day. The Bible has many different ways of speaking about the end. But on that day, the church will be presented to God as holy. And so therefore, the church of God is holy. And you say, well, you're really sure about that? Because uh, I see sinners sitting down the pew from me. There may be a sinner right here in my seat or where I'm standing. So how are we saying if we're at church today that there is holiness in this church at Harvest Point, at the church down the street? Well, it's interesting. Jesus addresses this, doesn't He? Remember what He says? He says, guys, talking to His disciples, in this life, I'm not going to uproot the weeds from the fruit or the wheat from the tares is the way He talks about it. Instead, that'll be weeded out, rooted out, harvested at the end, at the harvest. Until then, holiness and sin 
go right alongside one another. In other words, the church is not a place where you have to prep yourself and be holy before you can come to her. No. There's no holiness, there's no being made holy apart from the church. So in other words, you can't prep yourself so you can come in here finally. I can't go to church because I'm not holy enough. No, no, no. The church is a hospital for the unholy. And yet, we can proclaim with the Bible that the church is holy. You say, boy, this theology stuff is very interesting. And it is, which is why I love it. It never gets boring. God never gets bored. And He's not boring. Jesus was the most fascinating person to ever live in our world. He's more fascinating than any millionaire, any entrepreneur, any comedian, any TV show host. He was the most interesting man to ever live in all of the world. And people wanted to be around Him. God is not boring. Nor is the Bible. We're the ones that are boring. Marshall is the one that's boring. No, the church is holy and yet there are saints and sinners all in one room. Well, I mean, how in the world is the church holy then if there are sinners among us? If there are weeds among the grass that we want, you know, because weeds, you ever thought about weeds? Weeds are actually just defined by us as weeds. They're just plants. They don't mean to be bad. They're just doing their thing, growing like they're supposed to do. We're the one that say, hey, I only want Bermuda. Or I only want, you know, St. Augustine grass. So if Bermuda grows in my St. Augustine, it's, it's weed. And other people are buying sod that's Bermuda, and you're calling it a weed. Or fescue comes in there, and, and you get angry with it. You know, sin's kind of like that. God knows what is right. His way is what is right. We're growing weeds over here thinking we're doing something good. And God says, no, no, no. I'm going to need to, I'm going to, need to spray that. <laughs> I'm going to need to cut that back. I'm going to need to uproot that from your life. You see, one thing that makes the church holy is the holy God that we serve. The only way we're a Christian is that we have the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit doing in our life? He's making us holy. As a people, He's making us holy. So how's the church holy? Well, one way is when you're reading is, is illustrated like this. When you're reading a book, I say, I read a sentence and I say, Yeah, I'm reading the Bible. Well, I'm not reading the whole Bible at that moment, I'm reading only a sentence. But that one sentence is connected to the greater and larger corpus of the book. So too with being holy. God individually, in each of our lives, every single person in this room, He's moving us to holiness, to being made holy, to being made righteous, right in other words, to getting on the right path, the right way, the right motives. And so individually, in the larger scheme of things, God is making us all holy, which is why the church is... It's obviously not satanic. The church is obviously not sinful. No, the church is holy. And those who would be a part of the church are also those who would be holy or made holy 
or as the Bible says, are being made holy. So, you say, well, what really makes the church holy then? Or what even is holiness for all that? I mean, we throw this term around, holy, what does it mean? Well, one of the easiest definitions is set apart. It has the idea of being set apart. It's fascinating what Jesus does. He says, you are not to be, talking to His disciples, which would be us, you are not to be of the world. And yet He prays in John 17, not to be taken from the world, but not of the world, but called to the world. Not to ever be enmeshed within the world though. It's interesting how He he sends us into the very thing that we're called out of. So holiness is not being some statue where we're good just for the sake of being good. Or good so that people can look at us and just see our good deeds. No, no. Holiness calls you out of the world to be set apart. You have a holy calling, Peter says. So we're called out of the world, but also called right back into it. In other words, we're meant to live beside the sin, alongside the evil in our world. That's the only way the world will ever know light. We're not called to come over here and be a light under a bushel, protected and safe and cozy. No. We're called out of the world to be made holy so that we can be sent into an unholy world. To unholy co-workers. To maybe an unholy spouse. Or relative. Or loved one. You see, what makes the church holy is its head. Christ. Christ is the head of this body. And the head is directing the whole thing. Hence the reason when you cut the head off, nothing else works. You can cut the arm off and other things work. Not the head. The head is the control center here of our body. Jesus is the head of the church and Jesus is holy. So if you want to follow Jesus, you too must be holy. So being called out, being set apart is a part of being holy. The other part is moral. The way you live. Your character. Who you are when you're by yourself. That's the best indication. If you want to know a good definition for character, it's who you are when you're by yourself. When you have your alone time. When you have time finally for yourself. Do you immediately direct it to self? Most of us would, naturally, but only supernaturally can we turn toward others. Most of us have to be told that we need to serve the poor or give money, God's money. Because all good things come from Him. If money's a good thing, well, it comes from Him. Who are you? Are you holy? Are you set apart, right, blameless before God? Because that's who 
the head is. And therefore, if you're to match the... Have you ever seen somebody with a mismatched head? It's not a cool thing. You know, babies, they go through a stage where their head really is not caught up to their body. Looks odd. Some people are kind of stuck like that later on in life. And we think, what, something just not a little head or a big head or whatever. No, our head, Christ, is supposed to match the body. And yet many times in the church, it doesn't. But we're not told to be the judges of that. We're not told to uproot those people, kick them out of the church. The first time you sin, you don't get kicked out of the church. Thanks be to God. I'd be out already. I'd be fired. You're fired. No. It's not the way God operates. But we must, as Christians, be living a life that is moving toward being made holy. A life that is submitting to God. If you're submitting to sin, if you're submitting to your own way, your master is not God. Another way the church is holy is because... Now follow with me on this illustration. Because the product that God is trying to create is holy. That's what He's creating. Remember remember what God says in the Old Testament... I am holy, therefore you be holy. So you know, you, you, if you want to know what holiness looks like, it looks a lot like the Ten Commandments. Put God first. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't steal from your work, from the government, from your family, from a business. It's living it out in practical ways. It's not being a liar. It's not talking bad about people to make yourself feel better. Covetousness. Coveting what they have and making yourself feel better by talking down on them. No. No. Holiness has a moral code to it. It's not just being set apart for yourself. No, it's it's living a life that becomes the gospel of Jesus Christ. It actually becomes the good news. Your life becomes the good news that we preach about. The good news that we sing about. You become that good news. In other words, you become good news. The question is, are you? When you go to work, are you good news? (laughs) Or is it, oh, wow, here comes so-and-so. About to bite my head off, you know. Over what? Talking about people. Slandering people. Peter just said here, do not slander. Don't be angry about the little things that we get angry about. The head, Christ, is holy. Therefore you be holy. Live a life of holiness. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives to make us holy like Himself. Not only that, the church is holy because of the Word of God. And the Word of God is holy. The church has been entrusted with the Word of God. We are the ones who spread God's Word to all nations. It's what we were doing yesterday. We weren't just feeding people. Because Jesus says, look, 
bread alone is not enough. But instead, we fed them both spiritually and physically. The church is holy because the Word of God is holy and we live by this Word. We base our lives on this Word. This is like our contract. You know, we just, as you know, went through a, the clo- a selling of a house and a closing of a house. Buying of a new one. And there are many documents to sign. And, and you've got a lawyer sitting there saying, this is for this, this is for that, sign your name here, over and Many contracts that are binding. You know, you want to know what you're signing. You want to know what it looks like to live a holy life? It's right here. This is where you learn to live a holy life by what is called the Holy Bible. You see this term, holy? This idea that the church is holy? Is that some kind of sideline issue? It is the main issue because God Himself is holy. It's who God is. Therefore, if we want to be like God, if we want God's salvation, we will also embrace holiness. Now, also the church is holy because of the Holy Spirit who leads this assembly. We don't do things here at Harvest Point just based on what I think or just based on what the board thinks or what our association thinks we should do. Instead, there is much prayer that goes into the preparation here, the execution of our worship services, the preaching of God's Word, the series that we do, the outreaches that we do, the small groups that we run. We pray. And the Holy Spirit is ultimately leading us in that and making us holy. Because by praying, you become holy. And also, the church is holy. Again, we're answering the question, what makes the church holy? The church is holy because... It is the church's destiny. Again, at the end of time, God is going to present to Jesus a holy bride. Not a sinful bride. Not a selfish bride. But one that is holy and blameless. So, what's the call today? The call is to be holy. Now, every one of us have some kind of different idea about what that means. What does that mean? You may be holy, so I'm supposed to walk around in a suit all day? No, no. Jesus didn't walk around in a suit. He was holy. It's not about what you wear or your outward appearance. You know what's more important? Because you can have all the T's crossed, all of the I's dotted, and still be on your way to hell. Because the Bible says, without holiness, no one will see God. So you can't just say, oh yeah, the holiness thing is not for me. Jesus is for me. Christianity is for me. Escaping hell is for me. The holy living, I'm going to leave that up for the important people in the church to do. I'm going to leave that up to the, to the saints to do in the past or in the present. You know, future. No, that's not me. He's definitely not calling me to be holy. Listen, the only calling you have on your life by the Holy Spirit is to be holy. And that's not just on your outward stuff. 
You can't, trust me. I lived many years of my life holy on the outside, decayed on the inside. People looked at my life and they said, boy, he's got it together. And this is what I wanted them to think. He really reads his Bible. He knows the Bible well because he can argue well. Well, that's just a dag trait. We like to argue. And we do it pretty good. No. In the inside, I was just like the Pharisees who had everything right. They prayed in the streets. They wore Scripture on their t-shirts to work. In defiance of the government. Not really. Well, maybe. Rome. But in the inside, Jesus says, look, you're like a, you're like a tomb. You got nice flowers on the outside, marble inscribed, but on the inside, dead man's bones stink. You stink. Your life stinks. Has that ever characterized your life? It's a terrible way to live trying to manage a facade out here, to manage a mask. And inside, you're dying. You're suffocating. You're drowning. You're confused. You don't know where to turn or to whom. I've got good news for you today. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, you don't have to understand holiness to be holy. You just got to know Jesus. You don't have to get a degree to be holy. You don't have to know the whole Bible to be holy. That's good news. You just have to know Jesus. Jesus will make you holy if you watch Him. If you follow Him. My kids don't know how to... Well, they don't know how to do everything. But they don't need to understand how to do everything. They just need to watch me. If they do what I do when I get my ice from my new refrigerator, then they'll know what they need to do. If they try to do it on their own, ice is going to be everywhere and so will water. No, instead, if they just follow me, if they will just watch me. They don't have to go to a class, do like Paul says to do, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what a leader should do in our church. Is follow Jesus and live a life that becomes the Gospel. That's how you're a good leader. Natural talent can only take you so far in the supernatural church. We're not trying to just put on a concert scene. I'm not trying to just, you know have three points that are all alliterated every Sunday, which I don't do on purpose. I think it's cheap. But that's me. I like to be different. That's one bad thing and good thing about me. It's bad on some days and good on others. God made us all different. The unity comes, the holiness comes in this whole group, in this whole church, in this whole church on other continents in the fact that we have one Lord 
who is holy. One church that is holy. If we don't do anything else here, we're going to try to conduct ourselves in a way that becomes the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm not there yet. That's okay. Welcome aboard. I'm not there yet. And yet, our heart can be there, can it? I mean, I'm not the perfect husband or father. I mean, you see me over here, you know, holding tight, and everybody's like, oh, God, he's such a good dad. No, no, I'm not a good dad most of the time. Trust me, she holds, dude, 23 hours and, I don't know, 50 minutes of the day. I maybe hold him 10 minutes. I mean, that was it for me today. That's it. I mean, I'm not the best dad. I'm not the best husband. I'm not the best brother. My brother calls me all the time. Sorry, Doc. Sometimes he listens. I don't know. No. You don't have to have perfect performance. But what you do have to have is a perfect heart. I don't expect my Ford Taurus to be able to keep up with a Ford Mustang GT. It's not going to be able to do that. But as long as it gets me to where it's going, hey, I'm A-OK. It's performing just like a car that has over 213,000 miles on it. It's performing just fine for that. You may be that old beat-up car. Perform at your best. That's what God wants. That's all He can ask at this point. He's going to help you along the way. When you're running a baseball team, you can't ask him to be the next Mark McGuire. On steroids, I guess. Maybe he's not a good one to use. Chipper Jones. Right? You can't ask him to be that. No, but you can ask Jackson to do his best at throwing the ball. It's not going to be that far. But you can ask him for his best. Are you giving God your best? Or is it second helpings? Is he, is he your last thought during the week? Is this really the only time you even get in the Bible? It's here on Sunday, this little blip of time in a seven-day week. Listen, this is the first day of the week. We worship the first day of the week. Start it off right and do this week right. Give God your best. When you follow Jesus, He's going to automatically make you holy. It's not something you have to try to do yourself, trying to line up pieces and make sure everybody sees you a certain way. Forget about everybody else and look at Jesus. He's what matters. He's who we are performing for. He's our coach saying, just give me 100%. That's all I need. We don't have to win every game. But I want you to leave this field knowing that you did your best. Are you there? Or are you giving God what's cheap? The change left over. No. Cut it off the top. That's what they had to do in the Old Testament. When they tithed, right off the top. As soon as you got it, gone. Not, let's just see if we can make it. Live by faith. Trust God, not just with finances. I mean your life today. I mean the sin that Rachel was talking about that is, that is belligerent in your life. It, it doesn't seem to want to leave. Give that to God. Will you do that today? Because let me tell you something. The church is being made holy. 
Are you on that train or are you going the opposite way? You may be at the caboose and that's okay. That's alright. Stay on the train. Never give up. Never. I don't care how many times you fail God and sin, you get back up. You must finish this race. You started it, now finish it. Get up. And He'll make you holy. Leave that business to Him. He's the one who's... We can't... We're like the, we're like the moon. Like I was trying to describe to the kids. We're the moon. We can't produce heat or light on our own. We must have the sun. And we must have the S-O-N, the sun. Do you have Him? Are you looking to Him or are you looking away from Him? Into darkness. Because He is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Will you come to Him today and be honest? Are you really giving 100% on His team? Can you do more? Living by faith demands more. More of your life. We have a really awesome God. We have a really awesome way to respond to God today. And it's through His holy sacrament. Again, you can't get away from the term holy around here. (laughs) Will you let Him do these things in your heart today? Some of you know that you're the weed. And you've been a part of the church. And God's not tearing you apart. Nobody's kicking you out. And we're not. We won't. But you know you're not producing fruit. You know what He can do? When you become born again, He makes you into a fruit tree. That's what we want to do at Harvest Point here is make you into a fruitful believer of Jesus Christ. Not just a believer up here, but working it out for your children's sake. Working it out in this community here in the world with our body. We are those fruit trees. At the end of time, He'll cut, them, cut those down that are just dead leaves. Hanging on. They've been a part of the church, but they're just hanging on. Dead leaves. Be fruitful. Hey, I've already been encouraged. Our church, many people involved producing fruit. Praise be to God. Praise be to our God, really. Are you there? Do you want to be? What's going on in here? Are you looking at Jesus? You can today. That's the good news. Will you respond to Him? I pray that you will. Amen.